When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, Lays it off. Here's uh, Evieta. Shoots from Benson into the top left hand corner. Oh, what a goal! I've gone through, I guess, my struggles with mental health. I guess it's a continuous journey, but where I hit rock bottom was kind of 2020, 2021, and then got myself into a better place and just thought, this is how I feel. I've seen family members and friends struggle a lot and knew how alone I felt during those times and wanted other people to not feel alone and for also other people to know how to help. Yes, it's a big good morning to you, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Hope you're doing okay. I am because the sun's shining. I can see Matariki. I can see the stars. So that means it's going to be a nice day. Had a bluebird day yesterday, boys, and a big old day. It's a big good morning to you up there in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland. How you doing, Fano? Yeah, all good, Izzy. It's, uh, ooh, it's cold up here, man. It's got, I reckon the... F- Three coldest days we've had, and this morning the fourth. Um, like of, how cold? Like, I mean, tell me what's cold. I, I mean, like <laughs> yesterday morning, this cold, mate. I actually had a hot shower longer than I normally do, maybe fifteen <laughs> minutes. Um, and I'm a three-minute shower person. I'm in and out because professional shower person. When you're a professional sports person, hey, you have, if you're having like three, <laughs> four showers a day, you know how to get in there with a bar of soap and get out as quick as possible. <laughs> but when you go, when you're cold, you're sitting in there for fifteen minutes. Mate, it's, it, that's how cold it is. And then I actually put long pants on yesterday. That's that's a no. <laughs> that's a no no. So I, I got out of the. I know sh- it's cold when you're not wearing a singlet. <laughs> Mate, it is. I'm, I'm, like it's finally it's finally here. Winter's finally here. Rick Dog, he's got a he's got a hoodie on as well. I've got a hoodie on today. The only person that's not cold is Captain K in the kitchen, mate. But I think that's because he's got that big red thing hanging around his face. What's that? <laughs> it's like the ginger Santa Claus. <laughs> I was just going to say, Ginger Santa's out there. Yeah. My it's growing too, that thing. Scary. Hey, just quickly, just quickly, a bar of soap. Mm. Are you still a bar of soap, man? Yeah. I, 100%. Mate, I'm, it's yeah. one, one thing I stick to. 
like, you know, when Jay says, oh, do you want any, do you need anything at the supermarket? I just say, some soap, thanks. It's, you know, because you, you get, you know, the big body, you get through a bit. <laughs> <laughs> like me, Kip, there's a lot to wash. <laughs> I, t- I haven't seen a bar of soap in my house for a long time. I'm just oh, body wash, but that's, it's okay. Mate, it's I, okay. I don't know how people can use body wash, because when you, I've tried it, like you squeeze it. You rub it on your hands, and by the time you put it on your body, it's washed. It's washed off. At least with a bar. No, of, at least with a bar of soap, you're just holding it and you're moving it all the time, mate. You know what I mean? At least with a bar of soap, uh, with body wash, you don't get a a rogue hair on the soap. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my soap is my soap. No one else uses it, so that's all right. Ah. <laughs> oh. Okay, you've got not, one each. Not, it's been named. Not to mention uh, Kempe's sponsorship with Manscape, obviously. So it's not an issue. <laughs> That's exactly right. So yeah, tidy boy. Beautiful, beautiful, lads. All right, lads. It's uh, we've got a big show. We we heard some little uh, clips of it. I had a great day yesterday with uh, Millie Kerr. Obviously, the big thing she does on the cricket pitch, um, but she's having a huge impact off the pitch, and I spoke to her about that. So that's coming up. We've got Richard Lowe, and we've got Blake Ashford, and we're also going to be talking to Amanda from Red Nose uh, Cure Kids, and they have a big day tomorrow here in Christchurch, and I'm going to head along to that, so we'll get a little insight to that. But let's rip straight into it. The following is a triple threat match, and it is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh. There's plenty going on in the world of sport, and that's what we love doing, talking about it. What have we got, Rick Dog? Well, we've got the fifth and final Ashes Test is starting tonight, right? We've got live coverage oh. here on SENZ uh, with Daniel Norcross, Jeremy Coney, Adam Collins, and Bharat Sundarasan. They're going to have the call for us. It's from the Oval. And uh, I was looking at the story. Harry Brock, the English batsman, he said this. We were dominating the game last week, so if the game had played out, I would like to think we would have won. If we could win this week, it would be a moral victory. Which sounded like a lot of BS to me. I don't know about you, because I was like, (laughs) is there such a thing as a moral victory in pro sport? (sighs) No, you can't take that. You can't just clutch. Mate, look, honestly, hey, Kempe, they were in the driver's seat for those last two tests, and, you know, like, they... They've made changes. Mark Wood, Chris Wokes come in and made a hell of a lot of difference with the ball. They started getting some uh, impetus in, with the bat. They, they started changing the game. Um, but they just ran out of time. And there's a couple of questions from that as well. But no, they gave two away early. They put themselves under pressure. And they had to fight back. Yes, they started game gaining traction. But reality is, nah, there's nothing like a moral victory in sport can be sure. No, <laughs> no. All, it's lost. It's gone. It's, I've got it. Australia. You can't take the first two off off Australia. So, and a moral victory in the the rained out one. You know, what he, what he's done is he's opened up a can of worms because Australia now, if they come out and win, they will pay out on that. Oh, huge! Uh, and I thought about that, Rick. They, I go back to '85 when the Kangaroos beat uh, New Zealand in the Test match with that 80 0 win that we had at Carlow Park in the last Test, but we lost the la- we lost the second one. Gary Jack threw that forward pass to John Rebo on the um, on the grandstands, not the the concrete stand side of the pitch, and the referee missed it, but they won it 10-6. Now, you can't call it a moral victory because they won it. 
You know, mm. even though they did go out and smash them in the third test, Australia won the test test series two one. So there's no such thing as a moral victory for me. You either win or you lose. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, yeah. like, it's it's cricket in England. You're playing in Manchester. Mm. Like, it's going to be rain. It's just it's, what it does. It's a, mm. a mate of mine phoned so, me. A mate, just, a mate of mine phoned me, A mate of mine phoned me just yep. on that rain and said, what were they thinking taking a test match to Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> of course it's going to rain. And just on that rain, there was something I seen a while back in regards to the rain and the way test matches. Like we're seeing results because teams are playing aggressive test cricket, so we're going to get a result at the end of it. But we can't control the disruptions, the weather, the impact that it has on a test match. What are the thoughts on throwing in a reserve day? Throwing in a reserve day to potentially force another day because you know they rested for a day and a half. You know, so their bodies are going to be fine. If you get a whole day off, you're not going to put any more stress on your body. But potentially have a day up their sleeve. So if this is forced on and the weather's fine the following day, that they can potentially play longer and maybe get to a result. You know, we would have loved to have seen another day in that in that game and, and get a result. A reserve day? 100%. Is that something that they could do? One. It's, I spoke about that earlier in the week. Just mm. wait till the sun wait till the sun <laughs> comes out. Like you're on tour for so it's not like you, you know, you're, you're up there for three days. It's not like the the netball mm. girls for for instance that start this tournament on the on the weekend. They go three days and then they play semi final next weekend. Yeah, you're up there for months. So why not just extend it for a couple of days? The sun does come yeah. out in Manchester. And it's something they used to have in test matches back in the day. They used to have a rest day in the middle of the test match that they could use if they needed it. Yeah, mm. I reckon they. I reckon they should I th- bring that back and get a result. I heard that actually. I was talking to Sam Botham at uh, down in Queensland at the start of the year, <laughs> and apparently on, you just you just dropped <laughs> dropped the name there, bro. Do you want to pick that up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did play golf with Sir Beefy, Beefy down oh, in Queensland. No, no, no. I was talking to him about that, but they apparently. <laughs> they just took it for granted because apparently they all night they'd have a barbecue with both teams and they'd just get absolutely slaughtered in <laughs> <laughs> the end of the rest day and then they'd play. So I think it was a high performance situation that they had to get the rest day out of there. But, but that was but that was how it used to roll, mate. Like that's what I used to yeah. say. Like you get into camp and you look here, you know, Thursday night you're at the local pub and you look over and the Aussies on one side and you're on the other, you know, and hooking into a couple of bevies and then on Saturday, Sunday, you're playing against each other. That's what it used to be like back in the old days. You, you never thought of it as a an off day was, oh, you know, let's just use that in case we've got to get ready tomorrow so the sun comes out. <laughs> it's, a, well, well, it's something they need to change. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can get a result in this final test, but no moral victory. Australia retained the Ashes, and that is tonight live on SCNZ as they head to the 5-5th test at the Oval. And speaking of the Aussies, Eddie Jones, what do we got, Rick Dog? Yeah, second one, the Aussies are referring to Eddie Jones now as rugby's Jose Mourinho. Because oh. of his, because what, of his, what the one oh, now or the yeah. one at the start? <laughs> well, it's a good question actually. Because of the mind <laughs> games he plays, um, I mean the Aussies are grasping at straws here, aren't they? I mean Eddie Jones is his uh, his his start of the second go as Wallabies coach hasn't been spectacular. Yeah, the results um, they don't favour them because they've just got absolutely pummeled in the first two tests. 
Um, so, yep, no one's given them any chance, which is understandable. Uh, Eli Jones, just a master deflector in terms of media, you know, he's done it very well, taking the pressure off his team. I, I think they got selections wrong. I know Smithy's given them no chance. I, I give them a wee chance. I'm a little bit wary, to be completely honest. Let's... Um, I just know Australia, and they just there's something about Australia playing the All Blacks where they just find a way. Only in the first test, only in the first test, Dunedin they're going to get absolutely pummeled. Trust me, they'll get pumped 50, 50 odd points. But in this first test, they're going to make a raft of changes. You know, Quade Cooper's probably going to go out. Carter Gordon's got to come in, so that gives them a little bit of control. He's looked good. Um, you know, Tate McDermott's going to start potentially at nine. Uh, Vunivalu on the wing, how have you found him? Kimpy, have you been impressed? Has his transition from league to to rugby slow. been impressive? Or he's still pretty slow, isn't it? Slow. So I'm giving them a chance, actually, Kimpy. I'm a little bit wary. Yeah, look, I just uh, that deflection um, mm. meth- method that Eddie Jones uses, Rick, I think, you know, a very good coach uh, can take pressure off his players when he brings it back onto himself. And Eddie Jones is the master of that. You know, like he'll say things that are just so polarizing that the press will stick to him like glue. And and from a coach's perspective, that's a really, really smart thing to, to be able to do. Because he, he has got a he has got a crap team. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just, all he's doing is he's changing <laughs> where the lens is meant to be pointing, and that's meant mm. to be pointing at the team and, and selections. Like we never really heard anything about Quay Cooper. No, well, exactly, and I, I mean, as he touched on it there, I had I had a story that I was going to do in headlines, but I might as well do it now because it gives us some insight into what the Aussies are going to do. So you're right, Carter Gordon is set to start against the All Blacks, according to Christy Doran, who's like one of the top mm. Aussie rugby scribes. Um, so no Quade Cooper, he's going to team him up with Tate McDermott, who's obviously been on the outer, but uh, he's he's back in because he had a good end towards the end of the Super Rugby season. Uh, so that is massive, and Jake Gordon is completely on the outer, so we're not going to see Jake Gordon at all. In fact, I just see Toulon have gone, actually, you know that uh, World Cup uh, fill-in spot you were talking about doing? Yeah, nah, and they've, and they've bumped him, so he's gone. Um, but, I mean, two young guys, 22, um, mm. he's going to be playing a second test. Tate uh, is only 24. Going to be playing in front of 80,000 at the G, apparently, because it's apparently going to be a sellout. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on two young blokes, isn't it? Yeah, they're gonna get pressured for sure. If they get start, if they start, if they start that test match, they're gonna be under so much pressure. The All Blacks will target that, no doubt. But um, you know, that's when you're young and you've been given an opportunity to represent your country to potentially win a trophy they haven't seen for how long? Over twenty odd years it is um, an opportunity. So yeah, they'll target there. Andrew Callaway will go to fullback. I think that's been a position that's been vacant since Israel Folau's left. No one's really taken that over. Uh, Andrew Callaway's a, a bright player. He's got a big, big future ahead of him. He's been great for the Melbourne Rebels. Only a small man, but he's a fiery redhead, and he just loves getting into it. So, yeah, oh, look, I know no one's given them a chance. Um, they think they're going to get absolutely pummeled. I think the All Blacks will win, don't get me wrong, but I just think they'll compete. I think they'll be competitive. Uh, Eddie Jones will be the mastermind this way. Eddie's beaten, Eddie has beaten the All Blacks six times out of the eleven. You know, like he's beaten the All Blacks before. So if anyone can do it, Eddie can do it, you know. He's beaten them twice in semi-finals. So, 
Ah, no one's given them a chance. I know the All Blacks will win, but I think they'll compete, and I'm really looking forward to it, Les. But there's plenty going on in the NRL, and it'll be remiss of us to miss that, Rick Doll. Yes, the triple threat, third time around. I guess the question here is, when are the Canterbury Bulldogs going to announce they're renaming themselves the Canterbury Panthers? <laughs> um, because it was, you know, they've got, they've got Matt Burton there. They've got Viliami Kikau there. Stephen Crichton is going there um, in the in the off-season. And they've just announced they've picked up Jamin Salmon from Penrith for next season and Blake Taff from South. So my question is to you, Kempe, are the dogs the new roosters? Because where's all this money coming from? Uh, yeah, well, that, and that's a, you know, the salary too. You know, like I know that I've said to some players that they can go and find themselves a new home. They have to do that to move the salary cap around. But you, you left two names off that sheet, um, Rick. You left off Phil Gould and Cameron Seraldo. Mm. And I think the relationships that both of them have through that Penrith um, junior ranks, especially as we're seeing a number of those young kids coming over because Stephen Crichton's coming there next year uh, he's already signed um, Kikau as you said but Jerome Luai apparently is is very close to Seraldo, the coach through the junior grade so you might actually see another one head in there after uh, Dylan Edwards just signed that uh, that extension through to 2027 I think about 950 a year so I don't think Penrith have the money to keep uh, Luai because the question is is Luai a million dollar player the the, the 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 supplementary question to that one, uh, sir, is yeah. do Canterbury have a million dollars for Luai? Yeah. After all that, <laughs> mate. Oh, man, it's, cra- it's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, a team that makes you know, so many changes, but is it enough, Kempe? Like, you, you look at the cha- like the squad that they've got and you, you talk about the coaching group with Serraldo and, and Phil Gould and what he's been able to do, but... You know, a team full of rock stars doesn't make it a, a team that's going to be successful. So there's, like, what do they need to do? Look at the Roosters, like the squad that they've got, the depth, and they're horrible. You know, Robertson's a good coach, so it's not that. What is it? What is it? Is a, is a team full of egos, is, no one's bigger than the team, and I don't know if this, this is going to help them for sure, but I think there's more to this and the Canterbury setup and, and the makeup, like the backroom you know, those are two coaches, but who else is in the background? Who's running set piece? Who's running the attack? Who's running this? Because what I've seen has been pretty underwhelming. Yeah, Matt, Matt Burton hasn't really had this has a supported halfback, has he? And they, what do they say? They, 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 oh, look, I, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, very overrated. Um, and Reed Marnie's been brought there from Parramatta, so they thought that they had some semblance of a spine. But if you add, and I have to and I have to look at what, what he's doing strategically, you add that left side of Kikau Crichton, who's a young centre and arguably the best yep. in the competition, All right, you, you get the inside of Luai, who's one of the best 5.8s in the competition, so you've got that Penrith left edge that's won a grand final, and you add, you add young um, Taff to the fullback position with Reid Marnie, all right, so Luai probably plays six and Burton plays, uh, Luai plays seven and Burton plays six, but on that left edge, Burton moves to the right, then it looks all right, you know. I think I think that's how he's thinking. So he's got a very good solid left edge, adds to Burton on that right edge because Jamie Salmon signed, he can play back row, but Taff at the back, Marnie in the in the middle with Luai and Burton and that potency of Crichton and Kickel. Mate, I think any coach in the NRL will be happy with that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Is, yep. I'm hearing you. Is there a natural seven there though? Because Burton's No, there's but there isn't in the comp. <laughs> that's what they're missing, eh? Yeah, there isn't like if you're a seven in the competition, like like 
uh, let's talk about Reynolds up in Brisbane. If you if you're talking about you know, because that's a problem that they have. Ilias itself, it they're spewing. They've let um, Reynolds go. You know, up mm. to Brisbane, they'll probably go close to winning a comp this year. Brisbane with Reynolds. Bet you Reynolds wishes he was twenty because mate, he'd be demanding the biggest coin in the comp <laughs> for years. Because there isn't a halfback around. And <laughs> what do I say that? Well, look at West Tigers. They're gone. They're gone elsewhere to try and find a halfback. They've basically gone to every club to look at their second halfback. And not one of them, I reckon, can can step up to the plate for West Tigers and get them out of the hole they're in. Yeah. Canterbury Bulldogs have made some big changes, lads, and uh, off-field signings. Cameron Serrata, Phil Gould doing big things. Is it enough? If they don't get that seven position sorted, I think it'll be difficult. But, mate, they're heading in the right direction. Well, time will tell to see how they're going to perform. Also, I want to talk to you, lads, about Adam Pompey. He signed for two years as well with the Warriors. Where does he fit? Well... Did he take a pay cut? Because I can't see him fitting anywhere. But anyway, plenty to debate. And remember, Kempi's kicker is today. We've got 100 bucks to give away to one of you. Uh, two of you, actually. You send through your odds, your picks. We'll go through the messages. We'll pick our favourites. We just lost last week, team. So apologies for that. But Scotty Scheffler let us down by 13 places in the open. And we nearly got you paid 1400 bucks. So close. But anyway, send them through your picks. And also, we're talking about the Ashes' moral victory. If England get up and they get this, uh, Harry Brooks reckons it'll be a moral victory and they would have won this Ashes series. But the reality is, as they drew it, so England will retain it. We're talking Wallabies. We've got a big show ahead. We'd love to hear from you. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Stay tuned. You're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter. Right now at Chemist Warehouse, find a flam sore throat spray, 30 mil for only $18.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, welcome back. Uh, remember Kempe's kicker, a couple of messages coming through in regards to that. All you have to do is send your options through, your whatever you want to have a little dabble on. And we'll go through, Kempe and myself, and we'll pick one, and you'll be a part of that Kempe's kicker. We've got 100 bucks to chuck on a wee dabble. We got so close last week, but no cigar. This week, we're going to get you paid. And also keep those messages coming through in regards to the Wallabies. You give them a chance. Am I clutching? Am I just being absolutely off the mark with being a little bit wary? Love to hear from you. That team's going to be named today at 11.45am, so we'll get an inside to see where, if or any, the All Blacks are going to make some changes. But Rick Dog, you got some news? Yeah, some really sad news, actually. Uh, Irish music legend Sinead O'Connor, she was famous for that big hit single, Nothing Compares to You, uh, has passed away at the age of 56, according to the Irish Times, uh, in a statement... Uh, from her family, it says, it is with great sadness that we announce the passing of our beloved Sinead. Her family and friends are devastated and have requested privacy at this difficult time. O'Connor's cause of death is yet to be revealed. She is survived by her three children. Her son, Shane, died last year at the age of 17. Yeah, so, so sad, Rick. I, I, look, I remember that <coughs> song vividly, bringing, um, you know, growing up and listening to uh, Sinead O'Connor when she's first came out and started uh, singing that, that song. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, you know, one for the memory banks and so sad, so sad to hear that uh, that news this morning. Yeah, very sad. No Sinead O'Connor anymore, no longer with us. She has shuffled off this mortal coil. Let's uh, get off to Araha with the latest in news.